everyone. Welcome to episode number 48. You will note there that I did not say the 48th because it's just me today, so I get to do whatever I want. Oh, yes. And I'm, well, it is just me in the sense that Colin and Steve are not here, but I am joined today by Mr. Matt North, a previous speaker at Temper Tantrums Cup North last year, um, good friend, owner of a beautiful shop, actually a really fun shop. Today I heard things like you were chatting with customers about smizing and Hogwarts houses and all sorts of exciting things. Like, I really love the shop. It makes me really happy. So Thank you. It's well, not just yeah. coffee. We like to have fun too. Yeah. It's a good, like, I was, as I was saying to you earlier, like, when I think about it, as a non-shop owner, right, this is my mm-hmm. ideal size shop. Yeah. I like the size of the space, but you were saying it's not. The size of the space is great. Um, it's limiting in the fact that, just for the financial reasons, yeah. Yeah. wages are about to go up because we have them in the national minimum wage coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and to provide the service we like to provide, we have to staff quite highly. Yes. And there's just a capacity limit that we've reached. Yeah. So to be able to keep making a little bit more money. So we make, right. we, we make, we make a profit, but it would be, be nice to reinvest in the business in the long run so you have a bit more profit coming in for that. Yeah. We just need to be a little bit bigger, yeah. but not much. Yeah. Um, it'll certainly only be one site. I'm not going to have two. Yeah, no. Not going to happen. Well, we'll talk about that a bit later when yeah, we talk about measures of success. <coughs> but, cool, um, cool. <laughs> no, I have to say, like, Full Court Press is one of my favorite coffee shops, and I am lucky that I can get to it every so often. Thank you. Very nice. Um, so, really quick before we jump into all of the things that mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about today, um, if we could just go, like, have a really quick, you know, high level your background because we we sent out your bio when you were uh, speaking at Cup North but it's yeah. actually it's quite it's, lengthy it's, you it, have a lot of experience in coffee yeah I've been yeah I guess that's a nice way of saying I've been around a bit <laughs> I'm not um, saying you're old no I know but um, <laughs> I, I point out to uh, you know, a lot of people it's quite rare to open your own cafe um, I was 36 mm-hmm. it's quite rare to leave it that late yeah. um, but that means there's been a lot of time filling in and in some ways as I guess we're coming on later on I am doing it backwards yeah um uh I scientist by training mm-hmm. I think that's we said that before yeah uh, but that was a physics degree right. it took me a little while to get it because of other factors but you know that's by the by but I ended up getting my degree in physics from the now defunct UMIST okay. um which was the model for MIT where Mr. Chris Hendon is now I see. studying sorry Chris I was the model for you and before <laughs> you um uh, until it got swallowed up by University of Manchester. But I got my degree there and I kind of always told myself that I'd go on to study or start a PhD if I got my degree and I did well enough. And I, yeah, I got my 2-1, I was happy, I worked hard, um, went into the PhD and really found um, that the life of a research scientist wasn't for me. I'm yeah. kind of too hands-on. I like, I enjoyed the taking, uh, the taking a problem, building a solution to measure it right. and then Taking uh, and then the data, having taking the data and then analysing it mm-hmm. and, the, and the computer is increasingly more about computers. And even back then, I mean, we're talking the time of the Pentium One, so we're talking <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. Um, even 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 back then, I didn't enjoy endless times in spreadsheets and, and graphs and everything. So I enjoyed the hands-on. And when you get to that level, um, I was doing what they call sex apps, mm-hmm. which sounds a little bit dodgy, but is actually spectra absorption fine structure. Um, when you're shooting basically high-energy x-rays at something, you yeah. only can do that in certain places. And we had 24 hours lab time in a whole year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and for someone who lived for the lab, I, yeah. Yeah, I, turned up every, I turned up every day, I read a lot of papers, they're incredibly boring, um, and I got very fat from, eating, from snacking all the time. <laughs> um, so I decided to pass it on to someone else, and then I needed a job. Right. And that was um, Cafe Nero. I'd okay. given up being a barista. Um, just a part-time barista to do my PhD because I couldn't okay. do both at the same time. Yeah. And I needed something to go back to, so I went back into that. And, yeah, uh, found I, I enjoyed, to begin with, just the service part of it. I enjoyed yeah. talking to people. And re- that was, weirdly, if you don't remember the UK, uh, back in like the early, late 90s, early 2000s, that was as good coffee as you got, pretty much. Yeah. There wasn't much else out there. Um, but it was definitely a chain thing. Mm. There was only chain things to deal with. So that became management, which became management for uh, a chain in London. Moved yeah. down there as always. People, as you always move to London, you move down for a job or for a girl. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so managed down there for a while, and that was that was fine for a while. But it, then when you went to buy a house, and by this time I'm what twenty five, twenty 
27, 28, I'm like, thinking about buying a house. Yeah. I can't buy a house in London. Not on no. a manager's job not even running a kiosk that. in Liverpool Street. That's just not going to happen. Nope. I mean, it did well, but I'm not making that much money. Uh, so we moved back to Bristol. And yeah. that meant another uh, moving within the industry, but keeping, probably just moving up the ladder in chain. So smaller chain, management, Boston Tea Party, they're now a big local chain. Yeah. Um, managing a store, then operations manager and area management for, for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then moving across, uh, kind of headhunted by FOP, which was a record chain. Okay. Uh, they started the chain of cafes, so I pretty much started and ran that yeah. for six months, uh, which is another whole side of the business. So starting a business is a completely different. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, as you know, it's a, comp- <laughs> it's a completely different thing to learn. And doing that within the operations side as well was mm-hmm. it was fun. It was interesting. Yeah. I got control over pretty much everything. Um, just having to pitch at a certain yeah. market. I mean, we want yeah. people to come in today and buy records. So you're not... I think now if you did that, you would probably look and go, you know, at Zocco and you'd have a dumb grinder and you'd really try and make it as an excellent copy. But again, it didn't exist. I was right. getting a decent... I think I was getting a decent blend. I think a blend or a single. I might have had a single from Darlington's back in the day. And before Di- it? 2002? Hmm, okay. Maybe 2003. Yes. So I had a single from Darlington's, but that's before Darlington's were bought by Beaulies, I think, bought them. Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. I think that's probably the first time I had something that was not a blend regularly. Um, But then it went bust. (laughs) Spectacularly, (laughs) hilariously bust. Um, One morning, and so we were able to walk out and find a job. So I actually had to move within coffee um, uh, and do it move fast so I ended up doing sales um, which were for Beyond the Bean um, who are pretty much now global Mm -hmm. but at the time were just France and the UK that was it and so I sold I spent my next three years selling blenders and hot chocolate and smoothie recipes super all natural products vegan natural fruit sugars nothing added I know, great. <laughs> which is where I met Steve actually. Okay. In fact, I met most of the people I know, I know in coffee who are roasters. Uh, most of my oldest contacts are, are from that right. time. Okay. I met Dale doing that. I yeah. met Steve doing that. I met Peter James. I met James Hoffman. Uh, God, the list just yeah. goes on and on. And on. Yeah. I met all these people and just from basically trying to sell them stuff, yeah. <laughs> which involved me just having a chat and then maybe they might buy some stuff at the of end. Course, yeah. I, mean, I did all right. My, I hit my targets. So. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't convincing as a salesperson, but I was obviously a nice person to chat to, so they felt good about buying off me. I'm like, okay. That's kind uh, of how it works sometimes. Kind of yeah. achieved the, I've achieved my goal, yeah. and I made yeah. bonus, so that was fine. Yeah. Uh, but then I got really boring. Yeah. Um, when you're, when, uh, if you don't know how big the UK is, um, it's quite small. Um, <laughs> but still, when, you're, when your area is um, Jersey, which is by France, to yeah. uh, Aberdeen, which is not... Yeah. Uh, and you don't fly much, you have to drive everywhere. Yeah. That's quite a long way. I think Dale will sympathise with that. Yeah. And his days of travelling the country and near Europe for has been. Um, mm. Yeah, and I got bored of doing it for miles. In my own car. I just got really tired of doing it. Uh, so I stayed local and moved into uh, one of my customers. Okay. Uh, a company called Clifton Coffee, who at the time weren't roasting. They were, as most coffee companies were, again, People don't realise really now in the days when we everyone roasts or everyone has those little roasts. There's so many roasters around. Mm-hmm. There were that wasn't a thing. Right. There were far fewer roasters, and yes. a lot of coffee companies bought off one or two big contract roasters. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just white labelled it out. You bought yeah, what, yeah. you bought off their thing. They printed your bag for you and you sold it as your coffee, and that's yeah. what you did. And to differentiate yourself, you had to provide more service or mm-hmm. a better brand, and yada yada yada. Right. Several of the big coffee companies in the UK now started that way, yeah. and they're now roasting and doing very, very well for themselves. Um, Clifton being one of them, and uh, I learned that engineering and um, sort of management on a much smaller level, and that was great because yeah. that cooked me into uh, the local level. So mm-hmm. I, I know a lot about uh, Lamazocos from engineering them. That's when I first met Max at Corner Smalls, and you know the local level of things and. Didn't do any less miles. They were just. Right. <laughs> I didn't have to. I didn't have to be in York for nine in the morning. I had right. to. I had you know, four hundred miles. I had to be somewhere like ten miles away from nine in the morning. Right. So that's fun. So that was fun. Um, and inadvertently, through just I think, bumping through jobs, some sometimes by need, sometimes by just wanting want for a change. Yeah. I'd ended up um, gaining a lot of really useful skills. Yeah. If I was, I guess. 
um, more conniving, I'd say, I planned all these moves. Yeah, I planned all these moves to get these, um, this amazing skill set, which so has served me well. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Uh, it was just pure luck, as most of the best things are. Exactly, yeah. You just bounce around. And I learned a hell of a lot of stuff. I met a lot of people. Um, and I decided to go back to doing what I really enjoyed, and that was serving people every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I enjoy. It's what I wanted to be doing. So I left Clifton and started this place. See, as, as I was saying to you earlier when we were sort of talking about, mm. you know, a couple of different mm. things, it's that given a lot of the conversations I've either overheard or have had recently, that there is uh, definitely a trend towards people wanting to get out from behind the bar. And I know that, say, like Bristol Guild of Europe is looking at sort of showcasing things like different career paths mm-hmm. in coffee. And you have essentially done the wide gamut of career paths in coffee, and yet yeah. you have gone back to being behind the bar. It, it's, it's what I love. It's what I enjoy doing, you yeah. know. There aren't probably that many day-to-day, nearly 40-year-old baristas. Yeah. Really. It's, it's to, some, to some extent, a young person's game. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot I can bring to it because of that experience. Right. And also that context. When, I, when, when we did the, um, uh, the talk, mm-hmm. a lot of it was based around the context, understanding the context that yes. you, your shop was in, you brew within. Mm-hmm. And this is the context of the business throughout my career. Yeah. There weren't any other options. Right. The options were stay within a chain, and work your way up and then become area manager, head manager, and operator manager, and then, you know, go mm-hmm. the business route. Yeah. Um, or they were, um, really, they were just like, be a barista and then do something else. Yeah. There weren't many other options. Now, you can be a barista for two years and already you're thinking about, oh, I can go join a roaster. Perhaps I can be, you know, cue grading didn't exist. Maybe right. I can go, access to the information yeah. is so, it's so prevalent these days. That suddenly yeah. there's a world of opportunities open that didn't I didn't even sniff. Yeah, I watched Hoffman. No, I didn't watch. That's a lie. I watched the live, semi-live tweeting when mm-hmm. it wasn't tweeting. It was just based on the blog. Yeah. Of ZacharyZachary.com. Yeah. If you're old enough to remember ZacharyZachary.com, you've been around a bit. Um, <laughs> of uh, the updates of Hoffman winning the world in 2007. Yes. And that was like there's there's a championship. Yes. Really? And then knowing that he at the time was working for, was he working for Spaziali then as a trainer? I think he was. I think he was working for Spaziali as a trainer. And then uh, there was suddenly another world beyond, that Mm. was just beyond the normal coffee rush hop. And now, five years later, everyone, no, ten years later now, everyone knows. Everyone knows. If you're in coffee, you've probably already got in the job and you've already heard that there's world championships and you've yes. already heard about varietals and you're already hearing about all this sort of stuff. That just, just wasn't there. Yeah. Just wasn't there. I mean, I, I, there's something I meant, I referenced, if you don't know, I also am a part, frustrated part-time writer. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> not very good at writing, but um, people read for some reason. Um, uh, there was all that talk about the fourth wave recently. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, made, I wrote something and I maintained that it's here, we're already in it, and it's this access to information. Yeah. In the information age, if you want to call it that, you know, five years ago you couldn't get informa- this information. Mm. Now you can. Are you talking about it from the consumer's perspective? Anyway, or from it's just, just there. The, just if general. you want to find it, you can get it. Yeah. You know, it's, ju- it's just there. Mm-hmm. To, to, it's now frustrating if we don't have all the information about the coffee. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's, when it's in the bag, it's frustrating. When you can't find it online, it's super frustrating. Like, why, why can't I not find this? Yeah. We know the names of farmers. We can, we can look at Google Earth and find the plot of the land that sometimes our coffee's coming from. All this abundance of information, it's changed the landscape. It's changed the landscape of the, of the whole industry. Mm. And some ways for good, some ways for better. But within that context, it's almost not surprising that I've chosen to go back because I can now do what I always wanted to do with more knowledge. Right. But also it's equally unsurprising that um, you know, 22, 23, 24, 24 year olds, they don't want to stay behind the bar anymore. Right. Because there's more to do. That's there's fair. more to do, and they yeah. don't have to stay in chains. They don't have to go the management route. They can do whatever they want. There are so many new jobs that just didn't exist. Right. Just didn't exist. Now, earlier you, you sort of mentioned that the other sort of factor in this is how you measure success. Mm. Um, and that really resonated with me because, mm. you know, it, to a certain point, if, if serving people or if being that service oriented human, is not 
something you enjoy doing, then obviously yeah. you're going to want to get up behind the bar. And people get into coffee for lots of different reasons. They get oh, into yeah. it because of... And now, because of the proliferation of information, they get into it because they're curious about the science of what's mm. happening behind yeah, yeah. the bar or where the coffee's coming from or how yeah. they can make a social impact or yeah. any of those things. And so maybe that's why... But you, you measure I'd, success how? Yeah, I'm a... Uh, you have to put it on the business, on the business and the personal level for okay, me. Yeah. So some people they measure success in purely business terms. That's also per, it's also their personal. Okay. Mm -hmm. How successful in the business? How much have we earned? How have I opened a second shop? Are we are we beating last year's sales figures? Yeah. Am I releasing a new product? And am I aiming to take on the big boys who already sell that product? Am yeah. I releasing something new to market? And I have world domination in mind. Yeah. Very capitalist. We live in personality, that's fine. They're very yeah. capitalist ways of looking at it and very business-oriented ways of looking at it. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's dressed up in that way with ideas of or almost socialist business, like flat management or flat business models, right. which is just another way of saying we've got enough money to do what we want, mm -hmm. for me. We don't have to worry about the hierarchical system. We can do what we want, and if it doesn't work, then I've not lost any money. That's fine. Yeah. All I ever wanted was really to put a roof over my head and put food on the table yeah. and live a relatively comfortable life. I don't need a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, once you get to a certain age, you don't need stuff anymore, mm -hmm. I think anyway. So it became, it was, it was never about business, it became about really what do I want personally, what would fulfill my personal desires. Yeah. And that was always to be happy in my job yeah. uh, and to provide a service to people. Yeah. Now it's different, people get caught up in service and hospitality and it's not service real hospitality mm -hmm. no they're the same thing hospitality is being nice to somebody yeah service is providing something for somebody yeah the two are intrinsic and go together in this industry but you can't say that they're, 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 they're separate by words they are and what you do is the same thing mm -hmm. um, equally but not servile but I enjoy it I enjoy that daily contact it's yeah. where I can make a difference with the people. And I, I, I live for it. It's what I do. So that's my measure of success. If I can turn up and I enjoy my job, mm -hmm. I have customers who walk away with a product they've enjoyed, or not, doesn't make a difference. Uh, but they've enjoyed the interaction and they've enjoyed it and, they, and I make a slight difference in their lives, that's fine. Yeah. And everything else comes from it. The business, if you do that, and the business needs to make, business has to make money to stay open, it does, that's fine. That's yeah. it, tick. We don't shut. Yeah. Tick. I have staff who uh, feel they're learning and have pressure to learn. We don't have a we don't have a training program per se. Right. Yeah. It's very much on the job and very much whenever there's something new I will share with them. Mm -hmm. But I don't tell them they have to go away and anything because that's yeah. prescribed learning is kind of for me you don't learn anything doing that. Mm -hmm. You just learned it by rote. The numbers thing, which I'm sure we'll come on to. You learn to do it. You learn to do it by rote, and that yeah, doesn't. Yeah. You don't learn nothing doing that way. Right. Um, yeah, I measure by that. So there are two things I kind of want to take on from here, and they both go in entirely different directions. Fine. So we're going to be tangential about this. I'm Brilliant. sure. Brilliant. I can handle that. <laughs> okay. Cool. So the first thing is, I would like to apply that understanding of your personal understanding of success to the industry at a greater level, and cool. where you think we should be achieving success. But probably before we get to that, Fine. I, the tangent actually is, do you think the notion of separating business success and sort of personal happiness and personal success and like success being, your personal success mm -hmm. being built around the idea of being happy and fulfilled in your job, yep. do you think that that is an American idea? No. Interesting. No, I don't, I, I, I don't think it is. I think it's just a purely human thing. I've had I've had a number of conversations with people that indicate that, and maybe this is this is an old thing, and I'm perhaps maybe they have watched a little bit too much Eddie Izzard. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Eddie Izzard. Oh, sketch. I've seen him many times. Yeah, where there's there's the sort of uh, so in America you're raised to sort of be. Um, to, with the idea that you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is mm -hmm. just put your mind to it. It's a great American dream. Yeah, exactly. You could be president and it doesn't matter if, you know, 
you're recently your parents have just come to the states and and like you have no money but if you put your mind to it yeah. you can be president whereas uh, as Eddie Izzard points puts out um it's sort of like okay so what do you want to do we're, we're in England now it's like well I I want to be an astronaut I want to go visit the stars and they're like well you're British so scale it down a bit well, yeah. so I yeah. want to I want to be yeah. I want to work at a shoe shop but yeah. I want to discover shoes at the back of the shop that no one ever knew existed <laughs> well you're British so scale it down a bit and I think um so I've had that conversation quite a bit where it's indicative that I feel like some people really do think that you don't like a job is a job Yes. It's just oh, yeah, a job. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be fulfilled no. by it. No. Um, but you think that that's something that... that I think it, it, if it's an American thing, it's because the American culture has now become Western culture. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Um, and see, I am half American, so I do kind of straddle the pond in that weird way. Yeah. Um, I think if it's that, it's that. and it's. Um, but outside of the US, it's viewed very much... Well, for me... I think it'd be very much as kind of a false happiness in what it is. Everyone's yeah. very happy. Everyone's, everyone's very pleased to see you. Oh my God, come back. Um, <laughs> but it seems false because you see it all the time. Right. When you see something all the time, there's just the natural skeptic in people, I think, comes yeah. up and like, yeah, yeah exactly. it's not quite true. Um, but I don't know. It might be, even, it might even be, rather than being a human thing, it might even be a personal thing. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd have kids. Right. Um, because we don't need them. Mm-hmm. We have way past the point, way past the point where we need to procreate. We don't need to procreate for, the, for this race to carry on. Mm-hmm. And that was our only job. Yeah. As a, as a race, that was our job. Right. So we have to find another job, which yeah. is where we get into the problem with philosophy and the business and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, then, if we get one shot of this, um, who knows? The um, uh, Hindus may be right. Uh, Hi, we're shut, I'm afraid. Sorry. Take care. We should leave that in. That's part, <laughs> yeah, that's part of the problem of doing, a, of, of doing an interview in a shop. Yeah. When we're closed and the lights are on, it's dark outside. Oh, um, I know, but also, that's a, this is the British thing, or the outside of London thing. It's gone six in the evening, yeah. and people are looking for coffee. Yeah. Um, and we're shut, because they're the only people who come to the door tonight, uh, and no one will be open for coffee, because we don't drink coffee late. Right. To drink booze because we're all weird. Um, anyway, no, uh, yeah, we should just be. Our job is to enjoy really our lives. Yeah. We have this weird sense of enjoyment where we can feel emotion. So you're kind of the only reason you're here is to enjoy it. And there are moral constraints in that, obviously. Obviously. You can't do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, but that's a more philosophical. Yeah. Ten. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so I turn to, I, I turn to do what I enjoy, mm-hmm. and it's part educational. So yeah. have you seen with the shop, there's a lot of educational that comes on in drip feed, really, and it's always there. Yeah. And part my personal enjoyment from building that relationship with people every single day. Yeah. You know? I'll never stop doing it. Yeah. You know? I probably will be 50, 55, and I'll still be doing days behind the, behind the bar. I will look weird. <laughs> the, the, granddad, the granddad in the corner, well, I've got 20-year-old kids serving as well. I don't know. That may be the norm. In a few years, you know, it could well, be. Who thing. knows? Who knows? And it's, it, it is going to be an. In, in, in the second. Let's, let's mm-hmm. switch right back around to the yeah. beginning. Uh, is on sale on the second part of that. Yeah. Um, where is it? How does it impact the industry? Where is it going? And there, the model at the moment seems to be you are either uh, a, small, a very small business trying to get bigger, mm-hmm. or you're a very big business and you're selling it. Yeah. And everyone. And again, this is, I think, partly driven by the. If I can call it the American sort of model. Yeah. You build a business, you build it up, you do more, you sell. Right. It's, it's, big, it's a big business model. Yeah. That's fine. But that leaves nothing in the middle. True. Very true. That leaves very small, what we used to call mom and pop shops. Right. And that leaves very big. And everyone seems to be in between there is trying to get big. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing in the middle. Yeah. We can't all be big. Yeah. It's not possible. We can't all be Green Raiders. We can't all be Woolbury's Champions. We can't all be Roasters. We yeah. can't all be... I'm trying to think of what's the most ridiculous job title I've heard recently. Oh, God. There's some... I, I'll think... It'll come back to me later on. I'm sure yeah, it will. Yeah. There are some just ludicrous job titles out there for people in coffee. And you're like, how do you have this? What do you do? Yeah. What do you do that is different from anyone else? We can't all be consultants. 
Oh Lord, save us some coffee consultants. <laughs> there has really been quite a large uptick in them. Save us some coffee consultants who just yeah. go around telling people what to do when people could actually do it themselves. Mm. They really could. I know that it just, it's a case of, uh, I get uh, confidence to yeah. know what they want to do. Yeah. And you could get a lot of that for free because mm-hmm. if the in- information's there to be spread around. And if you speak to someone who's good, chances are they'll give you a little bit of advice for free. Yeah. Because it's just advice. Yeah. That's all it is. Oh, you should be paid for your time. I don't care. I'm sharing, the, I'm sharing my wealth of knowledge, sharing mm. what I've learned. That's what I want to do. And paying, oh, I'm a coffee consultant. Oh. It means you don't do anything. You probably Instagram a lot and that's what you do. <laughs> and that is proper honesty, which is what we want on the podcast. Yes, I mean, really. I mean, it does mean, it, it does mean you, you Instagram a lot, you don't do much, and you're a figurehead for something. It, yeah. it means I don't understand, it means I don't know what you do where you're making a difference to people, and I don't know what you've done to really give yourself that job. Really. Why should people listen to you? They've been listening to you because you make a big enough noise. Now we really have digressed. However, That's okay. back, to, back to the point. So, so bees everywhere. Um, so we have uh, this thing where we have a really big gap in the middle. Yeah. And that's filling slowly, I think. We're filling slowly with people who want to do it really well. People yeah. who want to have one or two little places. Yeah. People who want to... Um, really not so much showcase or introduce or convert people to coffee they just want to take coffee and they want to do it really well and we've seen in other, in other industries yeah. it's happened in food it's happened in wine it's happened in pretty much any industry you name you get that you get the multinationals you get the celebrities you yeah. get the chains and you get the people who just take one thing and they just nail it Yeah. and that for me that fills the gap and that's the thing I was point, I was I guess I was I was indicating at the end of yeah. uh, the Tamsin talk. That's that's maturity. Yeah. That's an industry that has found its feet. That's an industry that is confident in what it is and is happy that there are people filling that role, mm-hmm. and that it can take the criticism of people wondering what the hell people do right. at times. You know, it can take a little bit of jibing. Uh, some of the stupid things that get that that get done as um, uh, uh, Instagram and people, uh, people, uh, you know, giving giving talks that really just wind people up for no 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 apparent reason. It can take that because there's a lot of ridiculousness out there. There really is. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. That's fine. You need all parts of it because the ridiculous stuff pulls people in. Yeah. And maybe, maybe they stay. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're transient. Right. The ones who stay, hopefully, will contribute and give back. The ones who are transient, that's fine. We need, you need that as well. Yeah, and there's, need, there's always a give and take there. You need all sorts. And that's, I think, one <laughs> of the things with the, this sort of information age sort of um, era is that we know these people who do the legwork. Yeah. Yes, it's created an awful lot of celebrities, but yes, it's also given us access and given us an appreciation for the people who make most of our jobs possible. Yeah, it exposed us to the full breadth of the chain and the full breadth of our industry, and that's only that can only be a good thing. Can only be a good thing. Yeah. So it's I mean obviously, we're not obviously actually because I did not set this up well. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Matt on the podcast this week in particular was because his talk has been up for a while, and once his talk went out, and and I don't know if it was related in any way, but there was, there was a lot of chatter about a lot of the things that you were talking about. It was weird. <laughs> it, was, it was as though I tapped into a zeitgeist. It yeah. was, oh, yes, I got zeitgeist in. Um, <laughs> it, was, it, was weird. it was timely, wasn't yeah. it? It was odd. And then you had Hoffman with his three-parter. Yes. Uh, and then you had the release of the lexicon and the, and the, the, flavor, the, the flavor wheel, wheel yeah. which everyone went either, well, they went batshit mental about it. They went, they went, it's the most amazing thing ever. Oh my God, why do you change it? Yeah. And there was, there seemed to be very little middle ground in that. Mm-hmm. Um, regards to the point that the old one was 21 years old and was made under different contexts and circumstances yes. and yeah. that we'd done real research yeah. and that research evolves and then that we can change. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, <laughs> the back and forth yes. has been really interesting. I've really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Reading an awful lot on Slack and on blog podcasts. Nick Cho came out with a blog pass on Medium. Yeah. Um, 
really, really interesting. Really interesting. And I think that is a sign. I think, I think it's a sign that it, that maturity is, is here, if not coming. Yeah. That we're able to put something out there that an awful amount of work has gone into. I mean, a ridiculous amount of work. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of people you know, who have been involved in it a little bit. And it was just, you put all that time and effort in, and yet you're really open to people to not so much pick it apart. Yeah. And some people, some people have, which is great, uh, but just to be why you did this, to have, to have criticism leveled at it. Yeah. And then to come out of it saying, it's okay. Yeah. You know, we've done this because we, we, for a reason, we've done this based on scientific knowledge, we've done it based on research. Yeah. And you might not agree with it. But that's okay because we can take all that into account and we can look at if it's valid complaints about the research, we can look at how we do the research. If it's valid complaints about uh, the presentation, we can do mm-hmm. the presentation. If you're just ranting, well then, kind of tough. Yeah. No one says you don't have to use the old flavour wheel. Right. <laughs> you know, it's still yeah. there. It's you can tool. still use it. Yeah. It's fine. It's still very useful. And there were a lot of words on that that mm-hmm. were, you know, a lot of scripts, a lot of terms that no one had any. No, never. You had to look up. No yeah. one knew what they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, I've, it was good. I enjoyed it, and it was. I think it was again weirdly pref- timely. Mm-hmm. It all came around at the same time. Yes. Um, which is good. And so, because of that, I wanted to ask you, based on sort of what you initially put out there with mm. the talk, and then what you've sort of seen that's come out recently, mm-hmm. has anything changed for you about your perception of where the industry is or what we need to do? Has anything changed about your ideas in terms of us getting out of the way of the consumer and communicating better and more maturely? Has anything? No, I think I, I think it all still stands. I yeah. mean, it, it, if anything, it's. Uh, a little bit of proof of concept in a weird sort of way yeah. that something happened, something came along and uh, it, it, to me, proved that, w- showed me that we're a mature industry, that we're, that we're getting there, that we're able to have that discourse. Yeah. Um, but that just means we ha- that we will continue on this path of filling out the little bits of the industry that we're in the way and that we might start to see the knowledge base increase. Because this, is, this mm. is part of that knowledge base. Yes. It's wicked. Yeah. It's great. And we need that, that real knowledge to filter down you know, we need we need that to fill it down to the even to, down to the transients who are just in there for a little bit, but they need to know yeah. what they're talking about. They need to understand um, the numbers they're using. They need to understand the concepts they're talking about. Um, so we're not giving false information to customers. Do you do you really think though that this is indicative of the industry becoming more mature as a whole, or just certain people within the industry oh. taking steps towards maturity and? Uh, that's a very loaded question. I it understand. is a loaded question, yeah. and I think they're the same thing, because you can't separate the people from the industry itself. Well, I don't know. Because they're, they're part of it, but they, yeah. they might be leading it, mm-hmm. and we, 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 can, we, can, but hope we, can, we can but hope that, the people, that people will follow. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's fair. We can hope we hope that people will follow. Yeah. Um, and enough people who have the gravitas, I guess, yeah. to, to really make a real impact. Yeah. Not me, jeez. Um, <laughs> just some dude you makes coffee um, but if they if enough people are talking about it yeah. then hopefully people will, people will pay attention and will listen and then we'll then we'll have people actually changing a little bit the way they think a little yeah. bit the way um, they act and they work and they interact with people I hope so I don't know I think I am such a pessimist I just assume that like so many other things that have come out into coffee recently that you look at you know, like I was sort of saying, you've got volumes one through ten yeah. in understanding coffee and how coffee yeah. works. And some people have read volumes one through ten. Yeah. And recently, volumes eleven through thirteen have been published. Oh my god! Yeah, and Brand some people are only just jumping in at eleven through thirteen, kind of skimming through, reading classic, reading the chapters yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the, you know whatever. But yeah. and then pretending as if they know it, which was Nick Cho's post, really, which was oh, that, yes, yes, you yes. know the danger of, and I think Cosimo, but that that's actually what kicked off your entire. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, talk. totally. It's 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 the it, it's it's always been a thing, isn't it? People call it pocket or pseudoscience. Yes. Two terms I don't really like. It's like <laughs> it's science or it's not. Yeah. And it's not in science doesn't mean. Uh, for me, it doesn't mean a particular um, approach to numbers, it doesn't mean a particular approach to anything. It's just a particular method and way of thinking, the way that you look at a problem yeah. and then you, ex- you research it, you yeah. may test it, you may not. Um, but there's, there's, there are hypotheses, there's computer concept, there's mm-hmm. testing, there's numbers, there's results. Yeah. Results may or may not be to your liking, but they are the results, and until they're just 
proven, yeah. they stand. Yeah. So that's what I happened to really... So I was saying, again, earlier, and maybe we should have just recorded everything that we, we talked about We probably should have recorded all day, really, just to, <laughs> and, just, and just filtered it in. Yeah. Like, um, after the break for another chat. Um, yeah. But generally, that like you guys use numbers here. But oh, yeah. I they're, trust your numbers. But they're, only also, they're also checks. Yes. So the numbers, yeah. again, the numbers, the numbers are used to result content. Yes. So we dive into taste. Um, because the CBC is great, coffee, mm-hmm. coffee brew chart, it's amazing, it, yeah. it's there, it's been modified, it's been mm-hmm. changed, uh, it's been moved up and down, yeah. but it's also based on a lot of old data, yeah. so you have to take that into account. Mm-hmm. Um, when we didn't have the knowledge of water, we didn't have the knowledge of the grinders, we didn't have the knowledge of roasting even, right. we didn't have uh, the improved processing and picking yeah. and growing and the genetic stock, everything has changed, yeah. so you have to change your content. Uh, so I know a lot of people who will brew, they will go, okay, yeah, okay, 1.37 TDS, brilliant, look at the chart. Oh, we're in the box, we're fine. Yeah. They will. You may be in the box, mm-hmm. but does it taste good? Yeah. It's really simple. You know, it's, I don't teach numbers on my training courses. Yeah. I teach how to taste and then how to assess what you've got and where that puts you. Yeah. I, I, I draw a line from zero to 30. Yeah. And within that line from zero to 30, 30 being the perspective of the total amount of coffee you can possibly get. Right. There is the zone, the ideal, 18 to 22, mm-hmm. and then I cover up all the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> These numbers are here for context. They're to give you a framework to yeah. work within. The bits on the bottom, which is where all the flavors are, yeah. that's the important part. Yeah. You have to understand where you fall on this line and the number where that line where it is doesn't really make a difference right. the balance of flavours you get from that yeah. that's what's important and so we'll take we'll brew we'll dial in we'll check our we'll check our extraction and, mm-hmm. and our strength and we'll check it really as a feedback tool to the roasters because we use um, for those of you who don't know we are crazy uh, <laughs> and we change all we have four coffees two filters two espressos we change them every week and last year we used 25 roasters. Mm-hmm. At the end of the year, I, pro- I published all of the extraction data for every espresso we had, mm. uh, just to see interesting what the difference was. Um, and we find it a useful tool to give feedback to roasters. Yeah. So if I have a roaster, I buy off, um, I bought off DeMatteo and Christian emailed me and said, how is the coffee? It would really yeah. be feedback. Yeah. I was able to give him feedback on the taste, yeah. but also to say, we got this, we brewed it this, this length, we got this recipe, it got this extraction against our average, mm-hmm. it was higher, no problems with development or, or solubility. Yeah. And that for me is the, the relevant information. Yes. Take, anyone can say it tastes good. Mm-hmm. It tastes great, mate. it's amazing. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> But unless you can say it tastes great, oh, but also you're a roaster, so you might want to know how, how it is as, as a coffee. Yeah. It's, it's de- it, it was developed well and it was soluble and soluble above our average, and we have an average of over 100 coffees in a year, right. suddenly you, it, there's, there's some context for yeah. it to fall within. You yeah. can see, you can serve them some useful data, some useful mm-hmm. feedback. Um, so that's all, that's all the numbers are for. Yeah. They might tell us something is wrong every now and then, yeah. but we don't, you don't live or die by them, but we know what they are and we know what they do, which I think people don't. All yeah, I mean, I think so. Your approach to context and feedback, which again is exactly it's what you were so, discussing from, talk, from yeah. your talk, but that and and that approach to numbers and how you're talking to people about coffee. Yeah. And let's note here that it's industry people you're talking to. Oh, hell yeah! Way. Like like sitting here in your shop, most of the conversations are completely unrelated to coffee, and the, your customer base for a shop that uses numbers. Uh, and logs that sort of data and uses particular kinds of equipment mm-hmm. and things like that, um, you're talking a lot less about those things to your customers than oh, nice. other shops who do similar things. Yeah. And I found that really inspiring and awesome. Like the, the rapport that you have with your customers is exactly the kind of rapport I liked having with customers when yeah. I was behind the bar. Yeah. Um, and that was a really lovely thing to see. It's, it's, it's kind of the swan thing, isn't it? Yeah. We're paddling, you paddle frantically underneath to yeah. make everything, <laughs> to do all the, all the legwork. Mm. But on top, you're serene, you're serving great coffee and you're having a good chat. Yeah. But all the, all the hard work is done. Yeah. And the, but the customer doesn't have to see it. And I feel like some of that comes from your background in science. And yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I, think very, I think very much so. The process is important. Yes. Um, and the understanding of what the numbers tell us is important. Mm-hmm. But it also tells us about, it also doesn't impact the end goal. Because mm-hmm. there's an end goal in this, and that end goal is to serve the best cup of coffee we can. Yeah. And we have a, a, we have a kind of a weird 
I guess a credo, how you even call it in the shop, we don't like every coffee we serve. Okay. It's impossible. Yeah. Especially when you serve so many. A lot of times we will consider putting a coffee because we don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I always have to remind the staff, is it balanced? Mm-hmm. Is the flavour there? Is, that, is this the best we can make this coffee? Yeah. yeah. If it is, that is the best coffee someone will ever have. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. And it's not our job to decide whether it's, it's good yeah. or not. Yes. Our job is to get the best quality out of the coffee. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it could be someone else's cup of tea or a cup of coffee as well. Oh, per- oh yeah. yeah. It, oh, totally. I mean, yeah. I, I favour, and I really like at the moment, long, elegant espressos. They're going to be sort of 6.9 to 7.5 TDS. They're quite long, they're quite light. Generally, Kenyan and Ethiopians, they're going to be floral or slightly light balanced fruit. I, that's my bag. Yeah. It's not everyone's. Yeah. So when we have things on that are a lot shorter, a lot richer, that's someone else's. But I still need to be, have the ability to get that as good as we can. Right. We had a Brazilian filter on for the first time in ages. <laughs> ages. Yeah. And the guys really struggled with it. Because yeah. I wasn't here when we dialed it in. I'm like, oh, I just couldn't get it. Reset. It's a Brazilian. Yeah. You're not looking for the really big fruity acidity of a Kenyan. You're not, you're not yeah. looking for even, yeah. even the acidity you get in a, in a Colombian. Yeah. You're looking for a really nice, mellow acidity, good sweetness, but you're going to get nuts in there. Mm-hmm. And don't confuse that nutty finish for over extraction. Yeah. And once you kind of get that, they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's really nice. Good. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, that's part of the fun of doing lots of coffees is that we get to do that, but we have to make sure that we get the best out of each one, and that means separating quality from preference. Yeah. I guess that is a long-winded way of saying that. You can like something, but it might not be good. It might not have yes. true quality. Yeah. It might have true quality, you might not like it. Mm-hmm. The Which goal here is just quality, nothing else. Which is exactly the goal of the current lexicon, yeah. right? Which is to evaluate coffee yeah, at, totally. you know, just as it is and yeah. remove any sort of understanding yeah. of good or bad. Yeah, totally. Just, I, I, when, I, when I did the Q course, I found that really, I found sort of that mental approach really, really useful. Yeah. Because, you know, you do, the, you do a table of naturals, you do a table of uh, table Asian, a table of African, a table of wash miles. And a lot of people will go, oh, man, that coffee's amazing, or this one's really terrible and it's not special to you. I'm like, did it score 80? Yeah, then it's specialty. I don't care whether you like it or not. The yeah. quality was there, and you have to look past your preference. Yeah. And that, certainly that cemented it in my mind, and I found it really useful, um, having, just having that approach. Yeah. And maybe that is something that has come from um, just having more time to come back to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and having seen the industry grow. Yeah. 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 So actually, I want to I want to drag it back again to your talk really quickly Fine. because I have, I have gotten some feedback on your talk, Ooh. which was that it was very divisive actually yes. in lots of ways, and I was wondering if you had gotten any feedback from people. I had. See, I think I'm in that it's that position where no one where can we mention feedback again? No yeah. one told me they didn't they didn't agree. Yeah, and I know people didn't agree, and mm-hmm. that's fine mm-hmm. um, because the next I, next. I, Gordon, if you're listening, and the next time I see you, <laughs> your talk was very, very good, but for me, that's common sense. Yeah. For me, that brain quote is common sense, but I, know, but I know for a lot of people, it'll be very, very divisive, and they'll be like, what's he talking about? And I'm sure he's got that already. Yeah. Because it's, uh, because in, in, I think, oh, it's almost in brewing, it's, to, it's easier to be divisive yeah. and, come, and come through. Yeah. Um, with something that's a little more abstract, yeah. and it was, it was talking about the industry as a whole, um, no one really... So come, come, oh, this oh, no, no, I, this I, I don't know if I can. It was kind of setting coffee. And there was nothing bad about it. It's just, I think it was, some of it was delivery. I think some people had issues with the baseball metaphor. Um, okay, that's fair enough. I, is, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, 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 I understand that. And yeah. it is, I like analogies and metaphors. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is a bit of an abstract one. Yeah. But I, for me, it makes sense. Yeah. For me, for me, it makes sense because it, it's a way of um, both of them, actually. Yeah. And it could have been any ball with the catching. Yes, yeah. No. But it was, I, I think most of the comments I got were, yeah, I, I got it. I'm not sure if I really wholeheartedly agreed with it, or if I really loved it, or if I really hated it. Like, cool. I'm not sure. And I thought that that was really awesome in a way. Yeah, you know, was, the, the, the point from that for me is like they thought about it. Yes. Which is exactly kind of what we're hoping to achieve there. Job done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> 
mission accomplished. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, they, they thought about it, so that's fine. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what you, exactly. Whenever you do those things, that's what you want people to do. Yeah. So it was cool. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed putting it together with you. I really yeah. thought, like, I am very much on the same page with you in terms of context and feedback there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we have any disagreements there at the all. The only thing I wish that had been better was that I've chosen someone who could throw a ball better. <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> and I, did, I know I jumped. I know I did drop it on him uh, yeah. right at the beginning. And yeah. it was a, yeah, like, can you throw this at me? And Sarah tells someone to throw a ball at someone. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's kind of hard. Uh, okay, yeah, good. All right, so we are. I we we have nattered for a lot of today. We could continue to natter for a really long we time. Do we, we need to cover stuff? No, no, yes, there is. There's one thing I would like us to talk about before before we wrap up in about mm-hmm. fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, um, which is UKBC. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> competition season is amongst us. And you are a competitions coordinator. For I am. I am events coordinator this yeah. year, this year, next year for the SCE UK national chapter. And how has that been? Um, entertaining. <laughs> That's a very diplomatic answer. Well, <laughs> hard, mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. Um, stressful. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is like a monster that eats my time. Um, confusing. Mm-hmm. If I hear one more person say "sky" to me, and I go, "What the race? <laughs> the, cycle, the cycle racing team?" <laughs> uh, more honesty, I have no idea how SCAE phonetically made "sky." That that's something that remains a mystery to me as well. Don't know. Um, and I genuinely had to double check take somebody uh, yeah. in in London when they said that they were looking for sky. I'm like. What, mm. the TV channel or the race team or what? <laughs> uh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> but you're uh, Sky UK now. I am, I am SCA UK. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's been all those things uh, and rewarding yeah. and um, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, everything all at once. Yeah. Um, if you, I knew exactly how much work. Yes. Was yeah. going to be in there. I was yeah. not. I did not go into it thinking this will be a breeze. I can handle this. Well, you had a pretty sort of like tossed in the deep end experience of coming. Like you were, you helped me stay. Yeah, I came up and stage year. managed yeah. uh, Glasgow with you, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was kind of like, okay, here you go, go. Yeah, yeah. And if there, if I, I guess if I have one skill and one skill I'm happy to blow my trumpet at is that I'm okay at getting stuff done. Yes. When it comes to getting stuff done, I'm pretty good at it. You're a very good So doer. that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So when it comes to like, getting stuff done, I can do it. I knew that there was obviously a lot of work that goes, goes into before the event. Yeah. I wasn't blind about that. Yeah. Um, the scale of the work that goes into it, yes. especially as um, we've pretty, we've tried to not, tried not to reinvent the whole thing, but we've pretty much had to start from scratch yeah. um, this year because mm-hmm. um, we had a whole new board. Um, so inevitably, in a handover, no matter how well a handover goes, there are things lost, there are things that get missed. So you have to discover a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you have to discover a lot of stuff last minute, and then yeah. you have to just make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the scale of that and the time that goes into that was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, it was a little harder, because I now have a, one, a one-year-old, so yeah, I was yeah, yeah. running a business, having a one-year-old, and doing all that in the side. Um, yeah. But then seeing all the competitors uh, Wednesday, Thursday, down in London, um, and just seeing them be able to compete and just focus on competing Mm -hmm. Um, and for them to whether they did well or not to really enjoy it Um, then to get something out of the experience Mm -hmm. and know that we'd put it on and we'd made that happen was extremely rewarding I mean incredibly rewarding Um, whether you agree with competition or not Mm -hmm. um, there were so many first timers this year a ridiculous amount of rookies yeah and they were so good yeah just untrue. It's just one thing I can take out of this. The, the gone are the awkward days uh, of people not having a clue about the rules and not having a clue about the competition. Yeah. And not really understanding what it is. Probably the information in the age thing again. You can go back and you can watch yeah. 2008, 2009, 2013. You can watch all these. You get a feel for what it is yeah. really quickly. Yeah. Um, and the level that's expected of you um, is apparent very quickly. Uh, I was immensely impressed. Immensely impressed. There so three people from Taylor Street. Um, uh, and Antonio Oit and Lisa Laura, who between them had less than a year of total coffee experience. Yeah. And they were incredible. All three of them 
just absolutely incredible. Really polished performances, really slick, mm -hmm. really, really good. Uh, and as rookies, you can see that if they build on that, they'll just be better and better and better. But just excellent. And it was just, I was just amazing. That's good. I mean, so the UK is often seen as uh, the UK and the US and a few other championships. Yeah, we've we've like, we, we, we've done. I think we've done well enough in in the past, I guess, yeah. to be up there. In, <laughs> I guess in like a Premier League of yeah. uh, of, B, of BC um, national uh, national competitions. But also, there's such an interest that is cultivated in it, mm. whether or not that comes oh, yes, from yeah. people who have won, and so therefore there's. Uh, it does. It comes, it, and this is the problem a lot of people have, I think, I think have with competition. It generates almost a cult of celebrity. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's not, not almost, it does. Yeah. But that brings recognition, and with that recognition, brings a certain amount of pressure on us to get it right. Yeah, exactly. Um, because people are watching. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, my buddy was watching it in Italy, people watching it in the US, mm -hmm. people watching it all over the world. And we're live streaming something that we've thrown together really in a in a crazy panic to get it yeah. staged yeah, yeah, yeah. not in the last day but you get there and you're like I've got to build it I've got to build a stage and I've got to put the competition on I've got, yeah. this has always got to happen it's yeah. going to happen in like three hours yeah. oh my god and you get it done and it's slick and it works and you're like oh wicked it's a good feeling it is it's really nice yeah. it's, re it's really good so I'm, I was very tired yesterday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got sent home early from work by my staff because I was so tired um, uh, but today I can sort of sit back and look at it and look, look at it more I'm I'm excited for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. We're doing heats of the Brewers Cup this year as well. Oh, I think cool. um, not so much even silently. That is now the number two competition. Oh, for sure. By a long way. I mean, the, it, for something that's come, come along very very quickly and very very recently, it is the second competition. It doesn't carry the cachet, um, and it doesn't generate the celebrities as much. Yeah. Um, it doesn't generate, I think, doesn't generate as much press, and you know, the, the Brewers Cup champion isn't quite as big a deal. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the one that is um, almost more relevant day to day, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it really is. I mean, so much about what the industry is now is about that manual yeah. brewing. It's about taking a coffee and showcasing it at its very, very best. Yeah. Um, without as much of where the BC is almost more about the routine mm -hmm. and the coffee that you serve with it is part of it is part of the routine it's a big part of the but culture. often part of the routine comes first and the coffee second yeah, yeah for sure there are very different approaches we had that conversation there's the yeah. approach that is the winning approach the approach that is solely focused on exploring the rules and the presentation that goes along with it yeah. and there are the approaches that are focused on um, the buzz, therefore, the, the ones that will generate talk, the ones that will generate something new. The competition needs them both. Yeah. Uh, but in that, in those cases, it's the coffee is almost by the by. Yeah. It's going to be an excellent coffee. It has to be to do well because you still right. get scored sensory. Yes. But the, maybe the object of the of the competition isn't. There's a one eye on what will happen for yeah. the talk, rather than both eyes being solidly on. Um, are on winning and yeah. I think if you talk to people who have that have had that have had a, a routine like that their approach would have been solely on winning yeah they'll tell you mm -hmm. but I think I think a part of them must know that must have known the impact it would have and once you start to think about that it can only drag slightly yeah from my view so I think actually I yeah I, I completely agree. Brewers Cup has is come a long way and is definitely in that mm. second place position. But I I almost felt like so I was watching the Irish competition, mm -hmm. uh, Brewers Cup, and the caliber of the baristas that applied for Brewers Cup this year and and were sort of duking it out was like there was so much more tension on that competition than there ever has been in the past. Yeah. And I'm seeing that now. You're saying if you're doing heats here, like yeah. that is just a thing that is happening. Oh yeah, it, yeah. I mean it was it, in, in previous years. It was we have to have a final. Let's do a final. Done. Yeah. And now um, we have a two day heat, uh, twenty four competitors, and then we're mirroring the worlds to the finals. Right. So twelve and six mm -hmm. uh, with three rounds and the, exactly the same. Yeah. Three yeah. rounds and the your three scores will count. Yeah. To win the six. Um, because I don't think I'm not sure whether all countries do that, mm -hmm. but really the your your national finals, in my view, should be a replica. There should be reps to win the world. 
otherwise you and I've I've spoken to loads of ex ex champions and they've gone uh, not sure they've gone for and gone this is completely different yeah like, yeah it is mm-hmm. and I don't know why your national finals didn't help you in that well part of it is um, just national bodies not having the resources to yeah. be able to replicate that um, from a logistical yeah. or practical side true but you can do a lot of things I think yes, having sure. having now been in yeah. the thing, yeah. there are a lot of subtle little things you can do just to yeah. make sure it runs as closely as possible yeah like sure. I was lax on uh, I'm I'm lax on briefings of the heaps yeah I've told every competitor that in the finals if they miss the briefing that's it. Yeah. Which is what happens to the world. Yeah, it's so you have to take, you have to come up, and you have to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you say that line, that's fine. Yeah. So let's pull back to UKBC. Cool. Um, Sorry. Let's okay. talk. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> exactly what we do. Um, I want to talk about trends that you saw in the London heat. Um, what you're kind of expecting to see out of the Glasgow and Bristol heats. Did anything sort of stand out to you, obviously, or and also to go along with that, mm-hmm. um, how competitors are handling the new rules around things like milk drink? Um, lots of small milk drinks. Yeah. Lots of, many people talked about ratio, many didn't. I think it's going to have to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I think explaining why is going to have to be a thing. Yeah. Um, and lots of people were mentioning why they did it, and lots of people... Um, some, a couple people were just like, yeah, it just tastes better. <laughs> you know what? That was, yeah. that was basically, that, that was ba- that's basically the same as milk drinks have always been. Why have mm. you chosen this coffee for your milk drink? Because it tastes really good in milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, have you, why have you chosen the natural for your milk drink? It tastes amazing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, I think it's that. A lot, of, uh, a lot of people would look at the ratio of uh, their espresso and look, say, that, um, say Dan, I think Dan Fellows and Will Pitts mentioned it. They did much smaller milk drinks. Because yeah. they had a, a lighter, more elegant espresso, per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dan was using the Kisei uh, and two, uh, Will was Sukikoto, um, both like Ethiopians. Mm-hmm. So in the long, in the, in a longer milk drink, that just it can give you that light flavour that, in a shop environment, mm-hmm. really works because you don't people don't always want a really right. big, rich milk drink. Um, but when you're being judged on is say is it a harmonious balance? Yes. It, can you taste the coffee? Yeah. And all they're really getting is three and a half percent, four percent milk mm-hmm. with a little bit of, a, of espresso. Then it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So suddenly they've had the flexibility and the freedom to change yeah. that. So I think we'll see. We're going to see a lot of macchiatos and a lot of cortado piccolo. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We call it a short round. <laughs> okay. After the catch in Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Yeah. Yeah. Don't nice. know why. Just seems, yeah. like, just seems like a good name. Because a, na- <laughs> a name for a drink. A name for a drink is just name for a drink. Yeah. Um, exactly. But it's that ratio of milk. So yeah. it's, we're going to see a lot of shorter drinks. I think. Yeah. Um, we're going to see some a lot more interesting um, cups. Okay. Yeah. We're going to see a, there are some really nice, interestingly de- interestingly designed cups. Yeah. Um, and now that you don't have to fill, it's mm-hmm. just a functionality pur- purpose, um, you can see a lot of interesting cups okay. in the middle drink. So that's, I think that's going to make a big difference this year. Yeah. It also doesn't carry the same weight as it used to. Yeah. So scoring-wise, um, it's, it's, it seems to be tilted as way in favour of espresso, which I think is the way it should be mm-hmm. um, in, the, in this competition. Um, Trend-wise, um, I saw a couple of geishas. Um, <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which I'm not entirely convinced about in the espresso competition. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they can't be really good um, espressos, uh, but I wonder if they're being used just because they're geisha mm-hmm. um, in a case where it's fashionable. Right. Um, which is maybe another digression, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it found its natural home. Yeah. As we, as Hannah and Steve discussed, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. a coffee that found its natural home, and the varietal went together with region and went bam, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then it became a marketable thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then it became a brand. Yeah. Uh, and it is a brand, really. Um, and that just means lots of people buy it. And yeah. It's also one of those weird things that's aimed at industry professionals, not at the public. Right. Oddly. You know, mm-hmm. if I a lot of times when we serve geisha, people buy it and they buy it because it's expensive. And they go, yeah, it was nice. I don't know. I had a few customers at 3FE who would ask every single day they came in, do you have any geishas on? Yeah. Do you have any? And I don't know, that, that could have just been how we were communicating when we would talk to people about coffee and also because they wanted to, yeah. to talk about coffee yeah, with no. us. 
but that always was a was a funny thing. We have yeah, we have lots who the people who've been coming here longer or people in, um, in the industry, they get it. Yeah, and I think, well, but they have the taste reps. They have the reps to right. appreciate. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Your massive digression. Let's go into it. <laughs> <laughs> For me, yeah. You start tasting wanting really big flavors. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love my espresso to cut through milk. Cut mm-hmm. through. What does that mean? And you want bigger, big flavors, and you want big bowl flavors. Yeah. And a lot of the times, the more and more you drink, the more you really you, you appreciate the subtle and the nuances, mm-hmm. the elegance, mm-hmm. the tiny. And at a certain point where you can appreciate. Yeah. And that takes time. Yeah. That's the build up. Some people never get there. Some people appreciate it, but still don't like it. Cool. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. Um, but when we so when we put them on, the people who have been coming longer. And have tasted more coffee. So if you yeah. come to our shop once a week, you try one coffee, you don't like 50 coffees a year. Right. That's quite a lot. That's more than most shops. Mm-hmm. So you do that, and they, they, they get the reps. They, they enjoy it, and they go, okay, this is nice. I enjoyed it. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I still prefer, like, a big Kenyan. Yeah, yeah. And then a lot of people who try it for the first time, they're either like, oh, God, that was amazing. Or, yeah, yeah it was nice. Just a little bit light for me. Yeah. You know? And it's it's often it's often made out to be this amazing thing, without to really segue back to mm-hmm. give people the context of why it, right. of, of yeah. why it is what it is. Yeah. So bringing it back, I find that an odd choice in the competition. Yeah. Because it might not necessarily hit all of the right. But I know they've changed the rules in terms mm-hmm. of tactile mm-hmm. flavour balance, so descriptors, all these sort of things. Yeah. But judges, I think, will still look. And they always will do. They always still. They always look for a particular style of espresso. Yeah. That's widening. Mm-hmm. But is it widening enough? Who knows? Yeah. That's maybe something that we'll see a progression in down the line. Yeah. Um, lots more considered uh, presentations. Okay. Yeah. There's lots more people knowing real information about the coffee. Lots of talk about um, extraction percentages and roast levels. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond roast, uh, people a few just roasted medium. Yeah. which is obviously very vague, no one knows what medium is, but a lot of talk about actron levels and lots of talk. Someone even talked about um, te- drop temperatures. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, to, to ramp up and drop temperatures and development times. Yeah. And, like, there's, there's, the talk has got a lot more technical. Yeah. I mean, that, again, yeah. do they really, really understand what they're talking about? Or are we just, yeah, parroting? Yeah. Or are we just parroting? But it's a routine, so really, most routines... Uh, some sort of rote mm-hmm. you just hope that they, they know what to talk about in, mm-hmm. in behind because you have to show some coffee knowledge yeah. in your routine mm-hmm. so I wonder whether we're seeing people just dropping that in to score the coffee knowledge points and it's yeah. always been a game about scoring points yeah, always and, sure. all, and always will be Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we've still got we've got some people I'm really looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. who I hope some people who did well last year who can develop some interesting routines I think they're going to come up um, I think by the end of the by the end of Glasgow, we'll get a real feel for the trends. Yeah. But so far, um, very encouraging. Yeah. Very, very, very encouraging with the, um, the the quality of the presentations. I think that's that's the biggest difference right now. It's the biggest trend. Small milk drinks and slick presentations. That's it. Hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to see Glasgow is this week. Glasgow is uh, the twenty. Third, the Wednesday, this mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, if you're in Glasgow, I happen to catch a flight to Glasgow. Uh, <laughs> it's the Glasgow Collective Studios, uh, Dear Greens Roastery. Uh, we'll be there all day. Uh, we'll also be live streaming, so if cool. you're listening now on Monday, mm-hmm. um, check out the SAUK Twitter for the live stream details. <laughs> nice plug. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> I used to do sales. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited. It's been, yeah. again, a long day, 20 competitors. Yeah. Uh, heats are, I don't know, people don't understand how, how difficult the heats are um, on judges. It's a lot of competitors. Ten, especially head judges. Oh, mm-hmm. head judges get crushed by heats. Yeah. But there's also that, uh, just that financial reality of we, we could have mm-hmm. less, more judges, but we have to pay for it somehow. So yeah. we have to choose where best to spend our resources. And yeah. I feel sorry for judges, but I try and provide them with everything they need. That's my job in that one. Keep them happy. Mm. They're all right this year. They're yeah. all happy. So okay. far, they're all happy. Knock on wood. Are you, are you listening, judges? They're all happy. You heard that here. Yes. Don't be unhappy. I'll be, I'll be unhappy. Well, we have hit our hour. 
and really we have and I'm surprised well I'm not surprised because I knew this was going to happen quickly because there are loads of other things I'd like to talk to you about but maybe we will just have to continue to revisit this and have an ongoing chat with Matt North on the podcast okay <laughs> so do, we only, do we only get an hour <laughs> yeah it's a I think it's sort of an attention span thing I don't know it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a bit of an arbitrary line that I've drawn on the sand but after having listened to so many of the old podcasts that go on like we two and a half hours rebuilding yeah, our website yeah, yeah. I was just like no no I can't no I won't let that ever happen again no. unless unless there's a really good reason for it okay but yeah no do you have any qu- quick uh, quick hit questions before we go Oh, I do. So this is a thing that we... And I will promise I will be... Brevity. I will get... Brevity, I will, brevity, I'll bring brevity. brevity back, yeah? I'm trying to... So we actually, we developed a short format that we tested out while we were in Paris over dinner after, okay. uh, after the collab event there. And we got some really interesting answers. So let me just try and remember <laughs> okay. now what okay. some of these questions are. But I think... Um, oh, gosh. This is, I should have had these ready to go. I didn't... Oh, they, I, I, quick fire rounds are great. Yeah. Um... Geisha or Bourbon? Geisha filter Bourbon espresso. No. Oh. Aurelia or Linnea? Aurelia. Okay. Hoffman or Perger? Hoffman. B60 or Kalita? Kalita. WBC or Brewer's Cup? Mm. Brewer's Cup. <laughs> what was the greatest moment in specialty coffee culture? The greatest moment? The greatest single moment in specialty greatest coffee culture? single moment. Oh my god. <laughs> the greatest single moment in speciality coffee culture. Uh, the craft. Okay. What two baristas would you want to be on by your side on a busy bar? On a busy bar, mm-hmm. I will take uh, Peter Attridge, mm-hmm. ex of Conor and Smalls, because um, my god, that man was fun. Uh, he could work like a demon. Uh, and I will also take... Um, Dale Harris. Okay. Who is Coffee's unsung hero? Coffee's unsung hero. Yeah. Come on, quick fire. <laughs> no one. We know, but we know too much information. Mm, okay. Who roasted the best cup of coffee you've ever had? And you've had quite a few roasters, so... Peter James. For those of you who are not in the room with us, he's making excruciating faces, so... These that are, is these are difficult questions. <laughs> quick aside, that was tinged by the fact that, that, that he, he brewed and roasted my cup, the cup, the one, oh, that, ge- the one okay. that gives you yes. that change in flavour. Yep, 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 yep. And you always recognise that as yeah. the best you've had, yes. I think. Yeah. After think that, so, yeah. it's, it's varying in scales of, this was really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, but that sets the bar. Yeah, that's always the one that sets the bar. Because it's always the one that is the first one that's so different. And it was him, James Gourmet, uh, Coffee Roasters, uh, Peter James. Guess them beating. Can you? Right. And finally, what's the secret to life? Happiness. There we go. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. Uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've had so much fun. And like I said, it's always so nice to be in your shop. And just it's been a blast. Sense. It's good. Um, really quick, before we finally, finally wrap up, uh, just a heads up for those of you who haven't been to the website, you get your podcast or your video content from uh, iTunes or Podbean. We've just rolled out a new website. It is shiny and it is new. And if you have anything to tell us about it, good, bad, otherwise, please just shoot us a mail. Please Uh, go check it out. It's amazing. Aw, thanks, Matt. That means a lot coming from you. Um, And then also, uh, for those of you who are not busy, April 25th through the 27th, uh, BGE has just released early bird tickets for CoLab Antwerp, and we will be bringing some speakers there. I've got quite a few people confirmed. I'm really excited about this one. It's going to be pretty awesome. We're not going to be releasing speaker names until early March. That's fine. Um, But you can go ahead and get those early bird tickets if you trust us. Belgium, yeah? Yes. Excellent. Yeah, so there there will be beer. um, Beer and frites and moule. But also, it's, it's one of the oldest sort of coffee port cities. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. Oh, yeah. the, the, the scene is really growing. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be great crack. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and get your early bird tickets. Go. Bye. Now. And that's it. Um, we'll speak to you in about two weeks' time. Next week, we are going to be releasing another talk from Cup North. 
Ooh. Yeah, so another Talking Cup North, and I think it's going to be Francesco Sinapo. So, um, oh, he was lovely. Stay tuned. All right, thanks, guys. Over and out. <laughs>